everyone to the Happily Ever After Hour podcast show. I am your host, Lady Verity, with my co-host, who is now on camera, Zwara. How are you doing? Good. I have my coffee, and we are good. I have my tea, my lovely tea. It's a little weird doing camera for the first time, but... Because this will be the first time on camera, but I will be streaming later with Cameron tonight, so... This is going to be interesting. No, I'm so happy. I'm so excited. I'm so proud. I'm just like... It, it's all coming together. Hashtag thank Matt. Yes, thank Matt. We have to get our thank Matt's in. It makes him happy. And he uh, he is actually kind of awesome and oh yeah. and, and helped us. So we're, we're, we'll we're thank Matt. Oh yeah, he's super to us. It's like, the play Matt's were honestly just a meme because caffeine gremlin. <laughs> but... <laughs> See, here's my problem with with Thank Matt, and it's because of my personality. Like, I'm I'm a brat, and anytime someone tries to like big themselves up, even in a joking manner, my brain is just like, oh no no, we can't have that. So I get that, and does it help that I'm just super sarcastic in general, especially with people that I feel super comfortable with? Like, the more sarcastic I am with you, the more comfortable I get with you. Yes. Yeah, so if, if I'm, like, making fun of you or calling you names, it's actually a sign of endearment, so. I mean, I've adopted Matt's little brother, so, like. Oh, yes. Yes, he is, he is definitely little brother vibes. Little brother but, status forever. Before we get started, 18 um, plus warning. If you are under 18, please wait until your 18th birthday to listen in. Also, spoilers for the rest of um, A Court of Thorn and Roses, the whole series. We're going through the whole series today. So if you haven't caught up, we'll give you a few minutes, five seconds, <laughs> however long you need. Read it all right now, because we're, we're not yeah. holding anything back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pure spoiler territory. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes. Good thing for you, because I would have totally forgotten about the, uh, the, the, the warnings. The warnings Hi. that we, we're going to have to put on this because there's things. Chapter 55 alone is going to be fun to talk about. This is the only time I will be responsible <laughs> on this stream. You bring the chaos all the other times, but we have to be responsible at least in the beginning. Well, duh, that's the part of being mature. You're responsible when you have to be, and then other times you just bring the chaos. Chaos is more fun. Well, yes, but there are times you have to be mature. Or responsible, I should say. <laughs> Maturity is knowing when to be responsible versus when you can be chaotic. So true. So true. And it, the time that you discover that is going to vary depending on who you are. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Oh, but, I okay, so, crazy cool. Before we, like, delve into the actual books, I have a question for you. Okay. Um... Do you reread things, or are you kind of just like, I read this, now I'm done, I'm good, I'm happy? Or will you go back and reread, like, a hundred times? It depends on the book series. Like, there are some book series I'm just like, nah, I'm kind of done. Where otherwise, other times it's just like, like Harry Potter, that has been one of the series where it's just like, I really want to reread this. And then, um, A Court of Thorn and Roses is actually one of those where it's just like, I, I really want to reread this. Yeah, because I was going to say, I think I reread the first... Not, not the first one, like, the second, third, the second and third. We'll say I reread the second and third book probably five times each before I could, like, bring my head out of that world. And for me, it's just, like, I don't have problems switching um, worlds, but that's probably because I'm used to, like, switching in between video games. Like, I'm used to going from one video game to another, then come back and just switch as I get bored. You can kind of see that in my streams, too. Like, I have <laughs> undoubtedly started so many games, and it's just like, I don't feel like playing this right now, so I'm going to jump to this one, but then I'm going to jump to this one, and it just depends on my mood. No, that's totally fair. I think the problem, like, my problem with this series was, and it's not really a problem, but it became a problem, because, like, I wasn't ready to say goodbye to the characters yet. That is so fair. The characters are so memorable, and the character growth. It's just so phenomenal in this series. Like, it is ridiculous how much I went from hating Nesta to practically cheering her on in this latest book and understanding her point of view. Oh, yes. Yeah. Like, 
we're going to jump around. So, like you mentioned, Nesta, we'll just we'll get into it. Like in her book, um, A Court of Silver Flames, like after they had, you know, they went hiking in the mountains, and then she got to the lake and just broke down. And like I was crying with her. I was hysterical in tears. Like, oh my god, can I just like hug you, you poor child? Like, you know. Like, I was crying along with her, and I just wanted to be there supporting her. Like, I enjoyed the Feyre um, scenes in that book, but I was so enthralled with Nesta's point of view and her series because that is some substantial growth, and you don't really see in the other books beforehand a lot of Nesta's point of view, which changes your whole dynamic with her. Like, going back, it's just like, I get why you acted like, like this, I don't necessarily like it, but I do get it. And I still love you. Right. I think that that's the thing that some people don't understand. Like, people have faults and do things for reasons that probably aren't the best reasons, but they're also, it's also the best that they can do at that time. And I, like, it was very well done the way that Sarah J. Mass, like, kind of evolved Nesta from this, like, seemingly selfish, um, very cruel to Feyre type of person. And then, like, once you start, like, getting into her head and it's like oh you feel so much like you have to like kind of pull yourself back from it otherwise like you'll just break down and then that finally happened and it's like holy crap mm-hmm. like I loved like at first I hated that Cassian was paired with Nesta but it, it works so well when you started reading um, Cassian's point of view and his backstory versus um, Nesta's point of view and her backstory, which you kind of get with Aira, but you get what I mean. Like, her, yeah. um, thoughts, monologue, all that stuff. See, I like, liked their parent. Like, they made sense. I feel like because she's such a strong personality, like, Cassian is really the only person that could complement that. That's fair, because Cassian is just so wild. I love him. Like, what? He's, he's like, he's my murder puppy. I, I would, I, I want him to be, like, my best friend, because... Pretty much. I, I yes. would love to just hang out with someone like Cassian just every day. Like, I feel like I would get annoyed because it would just be like, I don't feel like laughing. But here you are making me laugh. Yeah. Like, okay. So we're kind of... We're, we're obviously not going to go in order of, of books here. But I think Cassian is a better person than even Reasoned. Oh, for sure. For sure. He has that loyalty, basically how you describe murder puppy. Yes. yes. Like, that is the perfect description. Like, he is trained to be a warrior at murder, but he has so puppy-like, so loyal, so innocent, almost loyal to a fault. Yes, like, he will literally defend you with his life. Like, how many times did he get beaten and his wings broken, like, defending the people that he loves? Like, that's just who he is. He will give it his all because it's the right thing to do. And he took the beatings with a smile, which is, I, I just want to, like, meet him and give him a hug. I know that's a fictional character. I know that's never going to be, but, yeah. like, I love that type of personality. Like, I love the loyal to a fault um, and just want to have a good day, but just big and goofy. Like, yeah. the goofier, the better. Big and goofy. And, like, um, I think it was book three? Book three. Yes, book three. Um, when when Feyre had come back from her little soiree with Tamlin and kind of bringing down the spring court and all of that, and, like, they were in the ring, and, like, Cassian asked her, just, like, do you want to go easy or hard? Like, because he, he is that person that observes and notices where, like, maybe you're having a bad day and you can't handle the things that you could have handled before. Like your mental state matters to him. I think is what oh, I'm yeah. trying to say very, very badly. He is such a phenomenal teacher. And I so loved it when he took on the, um, priestess, priestesses. I cannot talk. It's okay. <laughs> um, yes. I love it when, um, he took on the priestess, because it shows that he cares, one, about Nesta, two, about giving that um, safety and getting those girls to where they need to be so that they don't feel as powerless. Yes. 
Yeah, like, he did that out of the goodness of, like, he took his own time and was just like, yes, like, I'm going to teach you, like, inner strength and, like, give you the confidence so that you feel safe in your own skin. Like, that's, that's the kind of guy you need and want. And he even respected them when they were very, sh- um, not necessarily shy. I don't know what the correct word would I think be, but skittish might be a a good skittish description. Feather word, but he respected that and took it one step at a time. Oh yeah, like when they first like came up into the ring, and he just like he walked away casually, looking at the weapons, just like letting them kind of like you know get comfortable with his presence without him being like, "Hey, let's go. This is what we're doing." Like. It was even when, I think it was Gwen was the first one that came up, and it was just like, I realized, you know, I'm wearing robes, I don't know if this is ideal, and he's just like, not even looking, just like, I can train you with whatever. Whatever you're comfortable in, it's all up to you. Like, they they definitely handled the, the you know, recovering from trauma aspect very, very well. Exactly. And then, um, I super appreciate how he took his time with Nesta. Because it's just like, he never forced her. But it was just like, hey, you have to do this because reset this and we care about you. Yeah. It was, you do ultimately have your choice to do this. I'm not going to make you do this. But you probably should consider. Yeah. And when that's, I, that's the part about Rizan that made me kind of fell in love with him. Like... And it's, it's definitely because of his, you know, 50 years of trauma, you know, being the horror of Amarantha, having absolutely no choice or not very good choices. So, like, the rest of his life has had always been, like, whatever you decide, it is your choice. You never have to do anything you are uncomfortable with. Here are your options. You choose what you want. Like, I didn't really think about that, but that makes more sense. Mm-hmm. It's because he knew firsthand what it was like to be that powerless to, like, not have a say in, in how you can react to things. And mm-hmm. I love that because it it's, it's all recovering from trauma. Like, Favor recovering from what happened under the mountain. And when, like, she first went to the night court and he was just like, it's your choice. Whatever you want to do. You can choose to sit here all week and do absolutely nothing or we can do this. Like... But it's your choice. Mm-hmm. And that just makes him so fucking lovable. Oh yeah, and plus his um, relationship with Reese and Azriel is so... I love it. I love the snowball fights. I yes. love all of it. The, the most powerful and feared warriors in all of the courts. And they have a snowball fight every Christmas morning. It's a tradition, too, which is so cute. It's adorable. It's like, here you have some of the um, land's most feared fae, who have been known to be very bloody, very vicious, very (laughs) terrifying, and they're just all going to go and have a snowball fight because it's tradition and just act like children, and I love it. And they're all, like, 500 years old, but they're having a snowball fight. I love it. I, I, I want that aesthetic. Like, when I get, like, 70 years old, I still just want to go and play out in the snow and have a snowball fight. Yes. Like, that is the goal. Uh, but let's actually, let's let's bring this back to more in order. Wow, did, okay. So, I obviously, I mentioned in the last episode that I came into it with kind of the foreknowledge that I was going to hate Tamlin eventually. Oh and like my God. the second book starts and like Fair's in the spring court, she's Faye now. Um, you know, all the high lords kind of brought her back to life after she literally gave her life to save them all. And now she's in the spring court and is like dealing with all this trauma and Tamlin's ignoring the shit out of her. Asked her to marry him, like parading her around and making her like his little arm candy, but like is totally ignoring her trauma. How did you feel about that not knowing that? beforehand i hated every single second of it i was just like uh, when i found out the um community's nickname for tamlin i was just like yep yep definitely a tampon because dear god one he's still mo he's very moody yes like 
dear god, I understand the trauma you went through too, but you are being very manipulative to your future wife, who literally just saved you and gave her life for you. And then, second of all, don't just like lock her away like she's just some arm candy she's literally a warrior who went through hell you know from the dynamic from the first book that she is not very princessy she is a fighter she is a survivor and you want her to change her, li her life because you're scared she's going to get hurt yeah I think it was it was uh it was later on in the book but it was favorite it was just like how dare he you know lock me away for his peace of mind like he never took into account what she needed to to become herself and her best version of herself because it's obvious through the um trials under the mountain that she can handle herself like she went through so much torture mm -hmm. instead of like her train with lucian or train with some of the other guards or even training her himself he just locked her away like that is not healthy at all no, and she wasn't eating. She was like throwing up every night because like she had nightmares and stuff and he just ignored it and it drove me absolutely insane. And then Reese the comes and saves her. At first I didn't know what was going on with Reese because I thought he was just being very, um, how do I put this? Looking for words. Um, I thought he was being very Reese-like. He, he, he made an entrance. He <laughs> did like i thought he was just being reason just being like very like i thought he was just keeping like the under the mountain persona i didn't realize that reese actually cared and loved her i like, think i did her out until a little bit later i think like they, they really start to give the hint that that reese cares more than he's allowed to let on when he visits her like right the night before the third trial when he's just like, you know, Amarantha had had kept him and he was just exhausted and he was kind of like, he was finally opening up and, and telling her some truth. And I think that was when we first got to see Reese for like a little bit of who he actually is. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was really for me when she died. Like she literally died and her soul was clinging to him. That's fair that is so fair and we find out later that it was like literally the mating bond because they're they're mates and everything like they're meant to be together but like you don't know that until halfway through book two see that was more of a surprise for me but i am bad about romantic cues in general we're not going to go to my own personal story today but you know <laughs> yeah Sorry to my boyfriend. <laughs> How many times did he ask you out before you realized he was asking you out? At least four. <laughs> At least four. So, someone even asked him, was just like, is she, is she blonde? <laughs> no, but I should be some days. <laughs> to be fair, that was also the weekend that I had a major presentation and I had affiliate. Oh. So, like, there was a lot going on. So you were distracted by stuff, but it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. I figured it out. It hears words. I figured it out eventually. <laughs> but that's okay. I mean, bringing it back in, like, how long did Reese flirt with Feyre before she was just like, oh, wait, he's actually into me. This isn't, like, an act. That's fair. Sometimes it takes people realize. long. Like, Feyre had so much going on herself. Like, she has been... Um, her family's sole provider since the age of young. I think four, 14, 15? Young. That's Sounds hard like, on yeah. a 14, 15 year old to provide for three members of the family, one of which should be theoretically providing for her. Right. Like, their father was alive. Like, yeah, he had a, like, a busted leg because the debtors like destroyed it, but he could have been a better father. Oh, for sure. But um, going back to Feyre and Reese's, I love their dynamics so much because you can tell that Reese actually cares and yes. wants her to be the best. Like, he's scared of her, like, not of her, but for her because there's so much going on, but he wants her to be safe, to be strong, to be the best, honestly. And you see that with training with the other boys um, and everything that he helps her through, 
Yeah. And you see Arise just giving favor of the world, which I love. I love their dynamic because you have the really scary man who is dating the woman, but the woman is actually the really strong one too. Like, don't get me wrong. Reese is very strong, but Feyre does have a lot more strength, I feel. Uh, I think they have different, they complement each other's strength. Like, they're both strong in their own right, but like, they definitely complement each other. There. There. And it's because of Reese's, like, history that he can understand and give to Feyre what she needs to, like, find herself. That is also fair. And then... I love how they introduce, like, the rest of the story, and and she, Sarah J. Mass is introducing the rest of the characters slowly, and giving all of them their own time. One pairing that I didn't think was going to happen was Lucian and Elaine. Like, I, I thought Elaine uh... was going to be paired up with Asriel for a moment. I think Elaine with Azrael would be lazy writing, and I am not looking forward to... I, I don't want that to happen. I have very many reasons why I don't want that to happen. I don't think Elaine is actually what Azrael needs. I think... I think Azrael keeps attaching himself to people that he knows he can't have for a reason. I don't know what that reason is yet, but he keeps attaching like his emotions to people that clearly are not available to him. Right, because we don't know much of Azriel's background, if I remember correctly. Right. Which I am so interested to see what Sarah J. Mass has um, planned for Azriel. I can't wait for his book, because I have this feeling that he... Like, I think Sarah J. Mass already said in an interview that he's the kinky one, and I want to read that. So see it. It's always the quiet ones. Exactly. And he's got that, like, that, that quiet demeanor, and he, like, tortures people for a living. So, like, I have a feeling that he can do very interesting things with toys. Fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. We did mention this is a mature audience podcast, so. <sighs> but, I mean, the, the subject does have some very mature comments as is, or some very mature themes as is in the book, so, I mean. Yeah. I mean, hell, when, um... When Reese brought Feyre to the the Court of Nightmares, he's practically, like, feeling her up in front of the entire court. Wait, I love that. It's just like, okay, okay. Yeah. Like, I don't know how I would feel about that myself. Poor Feyre. Like, they couldn't have picked something else as a distraction. Right? But I do get it as, like, the Court of Nightmares, you do have a image to uphold and it's like oh this is my mate i am going to honor her anyone who disrespects her has to deal with me so i get the point that he was trying to make with that action well yeah because he was they no one knew that they were mates yet except for more i think it was more more just that like the court of nightmares is all about like debauchery and like this whole thing so it wasn't out of character for for that place like, you have to feel bad for um, Reese for a little bit because he has such a, um, what am I trying to think of? He has to play such a contradicting character when he's, um, as his Court of Nightmares persona. Yes! Which is why I loved, like, when they finally went in, um, I think it was book three, um, the, the council, when they were talking about how they're, like, all need to band together for war with Hybern because, like, he's the enemy. And Feyre's just like, what what mask are you going to wear? And he's like, the usual one. And she's like, maybe it's time to show people who you are, that you are a good person. Like, you do what you do because you love people and you want to protect people. And you're not this cruel bastard that you've let the entire world think you are for so long. Literally 500 years of letting people think that he's a monster. Because that's Wait. what protected his people. And you have to admit, that gets hard after a while, having that mask and then having everybody think that you are a monster because of where you rule and how you grew up. Yeah. That is so hard. And not letting yourself become the monster that you're pretending to be. Like, he does not get enough credit for that. He really does not. Like, I... 
Which is what makes him so fucking sexy. Like, all right, crazy question. We're, we're, I, if you had a choice, Reese, Cassian, or Azriel, which one would you choose? Uh, God, I think I, I don't know. Um, (laughs) I would probably go with Cassian because I love just, like, the puppy energy. And there are days where it's just, like, I don't feel good and don't want to laugh, but knowing that I have someone to make me laugh and be there really makes a difference. Like, I feel like I would get along with Cassian a little bit better and just have, like, and be able to be myself all the time. Mm. And not have to worry about much at all, or if anything at all. And I know I would be loved and protected. You'd definitely be loved and protected. I think with all three of them, you'd, you'd feel loved and protected. Like, they they just exude that whole, like, I will die for you energy. Um, True. I kind of want Cassian as, like, the overprotective older brother. That's also fair. Like, that would be hard. I don't know if I could um, be with Azriel just because of the quiet, and I'm scared that I would make too much noise and just, like, have a hard time connecting with him as a person. And then, <sighs> Reese, I don't know if I could support him as much as um, I would need to. Yeah, Reese is, like, high-maintenance with that whole high lord shit. I think I would go for Azriel. I mean, obviously, we haven't seen his book yet. We don't know enough about him. But, like, I think he has that, like, quiet, reflective, like, um, introspective personality that I think would... I I would get along with that, I think. I mean, I'm a caffeine gremlin. I feel like Cassian would enjoy that way too much. The problem with Cassian, too, is that he has absolutely no regard for his own safety. Because he will literally give his life for you. So you always have to worry about him, like... Dying to protect people. Fair enough, fair enough. I feel like that's also an issue with everyone, because you have Azrael going on um, security missions where anything could go wrong. That is fair. And Reese literally did die to save the world, so there's that. I'm pretty sure that's not going to be the first time either. Yeah. I, oh, so they're like, they're setting it up for Reese to like eventually have to like declare himself as, like, the High King of Prithian, and he doesn't want to, so it's gonna be very, very, very interesting to see how, like, everything navigates through that. Because he's gonna have to. For sure. For sure. It's going to be interesting, and, again, I really can't wait for this next book, because I severely want to see Elaine's point of view, and I want to see Azrael's point of view. I, I, I need to see Elaine's point of view, because, for me, she's like, the most boring of the characters, but probably just because they haven't done enough with her yet, because she's, like, she's the quiet one, and she's tending to her little garden, and, like, there's nothing really interesting about her. But I... I... I I don't... mm. There's definitely a lot more that we don't see going on, because, again, she became the seer after um, she came into um, the whole courts and stuff. Um, So... There has to be, like, a whole big adjustment period, like how we see with Nesta, but she is dealing it more inwardly and quietly than Mm. you see Nesta dealing it with drinking and basically whoring herself out. Like, Nesta is trying to do, um, get through her feelings with a physical matter, where Elaine is doing it more quietly. I think that's going to reflect on her trying to get used to her new seer powers, as well as just everything going on like getting used to the mating bond um getting used to this new world getting used to new senses new everything like her whole world was um uplifted twice at this point i i think like nesta's trauma she did the whoring and the drinking and all of that to numb herself from feeling i think that elaine's biggest problem for her book is going to be like the tension between this whole you know that she had this mating bond kind of like forced on her with Lucian and now Lucian's not really around that much he's created this bond with um Vasa and Jurian and like they have their whole you know outcast exiled group thing going on 
And then the added drama of, like, Azriel trying to push his feelings on her. Because there was a, um, a cut scene. I don't know if you read it. They had, um, like, Sarah J. Mass had kind of, like, deleted scenes that sprinkled through the internet. And it was basically where Azriel had almost given Elaine a necklace for Winter Solstice. And, like, Reese basically had to have, like, a discussion with Azrael was just like, you're not allowed to court Elaine. She's not meant for you. Don't do it. And then he ended up giving the necklace to Gwen. Oh. Like, I want to see Azrael and Gwen together so fucking bad. But, like, I'm also interested to see how they're going to navigate, like, Elaine kind of learning, like, you know, her interactions with Lucian because there hasn't been enough of that yet. And I want Lucian to be worthy of her. I don't think he is right now. I don't think so. I definitely, if we get the next book with Elaine, you're definitely going to see more of Lucian's um, point of view as well. We will see where that goes. I'm also interested to see who Azriel's um, true mate is. There are theories um, online that Azriel's mate has already died, which they're saying because when he, when Cassian and him were on that like little spy mission, when Nesta was in the right and like Cassian was freaking the fuck out that she was, and like Azriel was just like, you would know if she had died. And they think that he said that because he already knew that his mate was dead. Which is also why he keeps like kind of attaching himself to unavailable people because he knows that he's never going to have that true bond. Um, who the heck is cutting onions right now? Because that sucks. Right? Uh, we're gonna cry so fucking much on his book. I'm not emotionally ready for it. I'm emotionally ready right now. <laughs> Let's I have time to get emotionally prepared. Like, I can't wait just to be reading this book and just start bawling and then have to explain this book is too good. We don't even have a release date yet. We're, she is, she's gotta get on it, man. We, we need more books. We need them faster. We need more books, but also I appreciate the time that it takes, because... Oh, yeah, totally. I'm not rushing for... I'm not rushing perfection. Like, take all the time you want. I'm going to be impatient, but take all the time you want, because... That side of a genius and that type of story story creation takes so much time. Plus, she technically has three different series, and she's, like, weaving them into crossovers, because at least in, um, in Nesta's book... Like, with the harp, there's 26 dimensions. They opened the door to, like, reaching other worlds. Especially with Amran. Like, Amran came from a different world. So eventually, we're going to have some crossover stuff. So that's going to be fun to see. Might work spoilers for Crescent City, but um, at least the first book in Crescent City, okay. we already see a little bit of the world opening idea anyways when basically hell crosses over. Yes. So that's going to be interesting to see if um, the main character, whose name I am just, like, slipping. Bryce. Thank you! You're welcome. Um, it's going to be interesting to see if Bryce can open up some of the um, doors to um, A Court of Thorn and Roses. Well, yeah, because she has the horn thing. So is she going to open the door, or is Nessa going to open it with the harp? Why not both? That's true. Because I think we're going to see a little bit of crossover and discussion. I think that we're going to see some interaction, in, in, interaction. <laughs> I can talk. It's all good. It's all good. We're going to see some interaction between Nesta and Bryce somehow because uh, Bryce has the horn, which was such an interesting um, dynamic to see. That was such an interesting twist. I wanted yes. to throw the book out. I ooh, I cried. I cried so many tears. So many tears. I know we're talking about Akhtar right now, but can I just tell you that, like, the entire, like, 15 pages of meeting um, uh, Danica and her pack and all of this, for them to just be murdered. Like, what the fuck? Oh, I hated that. And then and at then the it- end of the book... Light it up. Don't like, get me started. Are you fucking was... kidding me? Oh, sad. Dude. 
Like, you're going to have Danica basically die again and get rid of her paradise to help, uh, Bryce, because- And I appreciate how it was, but it's just like, oh my god, I can't with this! Uh-huh. I can't. And then, oh, and then I forget the name of the, uh, the, the little fairy character, that like the, the little fire fairy, and then that whole thing, like, oh, that bro. wasn't necessary. That was not necessary. I had to stop reading because the tears were streaming so hard I couldn't see the page. That, that, ugh. Like, anyway, rude. Rude. It's going to be interesting, and I kind of hope we find out where Amran came from. Yes. In other books, like, I want to explore a little bit of Amran's backstory. Because I love Amran because I just imagine her as this, like, really tiny girl kind of looking adultish, but kind of looking childish as well. Like, not necessarily teen, but, like, very small. She's petite. Well, because they said at the um, the end of book three in the battle that she was put in children's uh, fighting leathers. <laughs> like I love that. She's in a bitty. Like, I love the idea of this, like, four-foot-something woman just, like, destroying and striking fear in each other in Army's hearts, but yes. looking like a child. Yes. I love it. I love that dynamic. And then her just going ahead and drinking blood casually. <laughs> like, okay. Okay, well, this doesn't add up. But... Which is also why Reese is fucking awesome. He took this 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 being, this creature, made it his second in command, and then his cousin, Moore, um, is now is his third. And it's just like... When he said to, to Feyre, it's just like, you're funny if you think that the males in this group are the apex predators. It's just like, no, no, no. The women will kill you so much faster than the boys. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially Amran. Like, I love Amran so much. I want to see it's her get some kind of power back. Like, I know she gave it up to, to save everybody and, and, like, her coming back is just Faye. But she's Faye, so she should have some kind of power. Exactly, and with how she was, I don't know, where, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out, and I'm really interested to see, like, how some of that personality continues, or even if she could get her old powers back. I don't think they're going to give her old powers back, because she was basically, like, a death god, they said, because she came from that whole world that um, the Carver had come from, and then, um, oh, what's the name of the guy in the sorcerer in the swamp? Starts with a K. Oh. Kashi. Kashi. Um, mm. Like, because they're going to have to defeat him, but he's from that world, right? There, I think so. I think they're all from that same world. Or maybe they're from different worlds. We don't know. We're going to find out. I'm interested to see if... Um... And this is, again, going into spoilers for Crescent City, but I'm interested to see if Amran actually has some relation to, like, the Archangels that we see in Crescent City. Because the vibe is still kind of there, like that mysterious but powerful don't-mess-with-me kind of vibes. Hmm. That's like, interesting. Like, And I haven't read the other series at all. I still need to finish the last book in Cre Crescent City. I know, I got, like, 100 pages into the second Crescent City book, and then I was just like, I have to... Because I, I wasn't emotionally ready, because I, I got a couple of spoilers. And basically they said that, like, the last 20 pages of that book is, like, what the fuck? So my brain is waiting for the next one to come out, so I can just, like, continue reading. Because I don't like waiting on cliffhangers. Mass has just trained me that when you get to the last 100 pages of the book... Just prepare for everything to go to hell, basically. Bam, hand basket. Yeah, they said the last hundred pages, everything goes to shit. And then, like, the last five pages, it goes to even more shit. I'm not actually prepared. I, which is why I stopped reading. I stopped reading until the next book comes out. I cannot be emotionally prepared. I'm not prepared to throw my phone ac across the room. Because that's probably going to be one of the ebooks I get. Yeah, this oh. this entire um, th th this podcast and this plan is going to get me to finally get like a library card for the first time since I was like twelve. So that's going to be fun. Most of the time they're free too, so it's just like it's worth it. Yeah, it's it's free as long as you live in the county. So at least where I am right now. So 
that uh, do it just do it like unlimited books so worth it so worth it like i think there's fees if you lose your library card or like to print stuff of course you have late fees and stuff right but i mean free books at any time and just go and sit in a library libraries are my happy places it's fine <laughs> i haven't been in one since college it's gonna feel weird, but awesome. It for me, it's just like going in and just smelling the book smell, and just it, it's a relaxing place for me. Cause for the most part, it's quiet, and for two, books. Books, seriously, that's all I want in life. I I don't need a big house. I just want like an epic two tier library with one of those winding stairs. Yes. With, like, a little, like, coffee or tea drink bar yes. with, like, places just to lounge and a nice window to sit by and read. Yes. Yes. Several different areas, depending on, like, my mood and comfort level, so that I can just, like, be happy and read. Like, a window nook, 100%. Like, one of those love sack, like, beanbag things, totally yes. have to have. Yes. Yes. I will love that. God. Uh, I just want, like, somewhere where it's just, like, a little kind of nook place, a window place, um, a nice reading place in front of a fire. That would be nice. I was gonna say fireplace, but then I'm, like, worried about actual fire by the books, so I think, like, one of those fake fireplace things. Yes, that would be so cool. Like, having the, um, sound of a fire, because the sound of a fire is actually really calming to me. Yes. But, um, not having a true fire, maybe? I don't know. We'll see. Like, they have them so that, like, you get the sound and the look and the heat. Like, it's a heater, but it's not, like, fire. I want one of those so bad. That's actually pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, I need one of those. But because my brain, um doesn't work linearly i have to ask uh on a scale of one to ten do you think baron is gonna get killed by eris or reese don't know and do you think eris is gay there's a possibility because you have that like sarcasm like you have that stereotypical um gay um kind of character that is very closeted it's going to be interesting to see if he is gay or not. Do we know if he has a uh, mate? Um, we don't. He was supposed. He was promised to more, and like that whole thing happened, and then he just like left her there. But then, like later on, when he kind of like half-assedly apologized for the whole thing, he basically told her like he wouldn't have touched her. He would never have um, demanded like the wifely duties from her. So that made a lot of people believe that like. He's actually gay, and that was all just going to be political. It is a strong possibility. I don't know for sure, and I don't want to say it, but um, I actually think that Baron's going to be taken down by Lucian. Interesting. Okay. Even though he's not actually his father. Mm-hmm. Hellion That's- is Lucian's father, which I'm, I can't wait for that to come out. That's going to be an interesting um, scene. Like, oh, you have someone who looked down upon you for all this time. You're not my real father. I'm going to kill you, sort of deal. Like, I want I want it to come out that Hellion is Lucian's father. Then someone has to kill Baron so that Lucian's mother can go and actually, like, be with Hellion. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like Barry and May take something out... I can see this happening. Marion taking something out on Lucian's mom, and then Lucian getting retribution for his mom. Mm. Or Barry maybe killing um, Helvian, um, and Lucian finding out who his father is, and then killing Barion as revenge. Okay, Helvian better not be getting killed. Helvian's awesome. It's Sergei Mass. If you have a loved character, the odds of them getting killed is very high. It's fair. That is actually very fair. 
For a moment, I thought Amran was going to be dead, and I was about to throw the book out when I saw that scene, because I really do love Amran. Like, she is a walking contradiction, and I love characters like that. And then all the times Cassian has come to close to death, uh, Feyre's come close to death, Tamlin came close to death, Reese has come close to death, probably sure that Azriel has come close to death. Everyone gets close to death. It's yeah. a court of roses and death. It's a court of roses and death. And being brought back to life because some people just shouldn't die. We have the supernatural effect coming on into this book series. I'm not sure how I feel about it. I... Th I yeah. I mean... Yeah. She needed to, like... It was a whole lot of angst for for absolutely no reason. Fair. 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 But it it's... also, it gave Tamlin a little bit of redemption when, like, she's basically, like, begging over Reese's dead body, like, please help save him. And he was just like, just be happy. Like, be happy. Because he still does, even in his fucked up way, he always still cared about her. It's... I have a love-hate relationship with Tamlin, and I don't think I'll ever truly love him like how I did the first book. Because I love Simon, actually liked Tamlin when he was first introduced and stuff. And then it's just like, oh, okay, we're acting like a total asshole. Alright. He was always a controlling jackass, though. True. It was just that in the beginning he hid it a little bit better. I think in the... I, I'm not sure that in the beginning he hid it better. I think Favor just wasn't comfortable enough in herself to challenge him about it. That's also fair. I think I didn't notice because I was also just, like, super focused on Feyre. Mm. That I wasn't paying a lot of attention to the other characters as well. And not seeing the warning signs until you reread it. It's just like, that's a red flag. That's a red flag. That's a red flag. How did I miss all these red flags? Yeah. Like, like I kind of mad myself for missing all of the red flags with Tamlin during the first book. Like I said, like, I can say that now because I, I knew that I wasn't going to like him going into it, so I didn't have that, like, that experience of, like, coming into it and just being able to organically make an opinion. So I'm, I'm mad about that, but it's also, like, I could see, yes, now I, this... Totally makes sense of why people are saying this. Mm -hmm. Like, my first experience, what I was told is that one, you're going to get emotional. Two, beware the last 100 pages of the book. Three, have fun with the fairy porn. Yes. Yes. Which, again, it wasn't even that bad till like, later on in the series. Like, I don't know what I was expecting. I guess I was expecting, like, fairy version of Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> It's not even that bad. Reese and Feyre were, like, they, they were the slow burn in the first book, and then, like, you have chapter 54 and 55, which is just, like, they're in the cabin, they're shacking up, they're making up for lost time, and then it is just, like, a little bit of sprinkling. And then you get to Cassian and Nesta's book, and it's like, holy shit. Oh, yeah. Holy shit. Have to remember where Nesta is in her life because she was actively doing that not to feel feel anything. So it makes sense why that whole book is just this whole thing of spice. Yeah. And Cassian is just like he exudes sex. So might be interesting to see how it compares to had uh, to see how Cassian um compares to Asriel because again the king kind of deal which I could totally see because again the quiet and dark he's gonna be that quiet dumb type guy like totally about like your comfort are you good but he's in charge mm -hmm. he is oh. going to be in charge oh for sure which for is sure. why I want him and Gwen to be together first because she doesn't take his shit like, that whole Valkyrie training thing where she's just like, just wait, Shadow Singer, because, like, I'm coming for you. Like, she just came into her own, and the fact that she was able to do it with him was great. I think there'd be a great, like, 
one of the ones we before. Like, they would compliment each other. Like, his very quiet stoicness and her, like, vibrant liveliness. But, like, they can heal each other. Because he obviously has trauma. And she was obviously, you know, assaulted by Highburn and all of that happened. And I think, like, he would be the best person to kind of, like, nurture her and care for her. And, and he understands because he's the one that saved her. Mm-hmm. Like, all of that. It's going to be so interesting. I kind of hope that they're maids at some reason. Because I have read the theory of, um, or just, like, not in this universe, but I have um, heard of the term, like, second chance maids. Mm. I'm wondering if um, Sarah J. Mass um, will have things like um, second chance maids, especially if Azriel's was killed. That is interesting. I like to see that. Because how can you be immortal and live forever and then, like, just have one one shot? Like, that's... That's craziness. Mm-hmm. So I hadn't heard that, but I, I thank you. I hope that happens. Hopefully, if not Sarah J. Mass, we can happen anyways. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> We're just gonna tell her how to write the book. It's fine. Pretty much, pretty much. Um, no, I, I wouldn't do that. But um, it would be interesting to see if um Azrael's mate did die somehow. It would be interesting to see how he or she did die. And how, ha- um, if he is going to have, how he's going to come back, um, heal through that trauma, or mm. if he gets a second, um, chance mate, is it's just going to be an interesting dynamic. There is one fan theory that Azrael's mate was Reese's sister that was killed by Tamlin. Ooh. So that, that is, it's a theory, but mm-hmm. it would be very interesting, which is kind of like, I think why maybe he attached himself to more because, like, she was also his family. I don't know. Possibly. It's a, it's a good chance. I want his book to come out. I need to know the answers to the questions. I still want Elaine's um, point of view, but I also want Azrael's point of view. Like, I don't know which one I want more. Because I do want to see Elaine's point of view because obviously you have her shine within herself. But I so want Azriel's backstory because it's like you don't get much besides this very quiet spy master. Yeah, he's a spy and master who was literally tortured, had his hands burned to the point where they couldn't heal by his brothers. Like, he's had some shit, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to know so badly. It's, it's, his book is going to break my heart into just a thousand sure. pieces. Oh, for sure. I know that when um I read it, I know that I'm going to have to warn whoever's around me, like, hey, look, I'm reading this book. I'm going to cry. Yeah. When I start crying, I'm okay. Just um, bear with me. I'm going to take two days just for myself, sit down, read the book, no stopping, and then just, like, an extra half a day to process just to cry and get all the emotions out because that is going to be an emotional roller coaster from hell. Like, I am not looking forward to it, but I'm simultaneously looking forward to everything. I'm not looking forward to the negative emotions. I'm looking forward to the story and the lore because I love that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, I love it when a story has their own lore, whether it be, like, video games or books. I eat it up so much. Like, if I can make theories of it, I love it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and Sarah J. Mass is, like, kind of a genius because she's, like, woven this whole history. Because, like, the the whole, the Dread Trove and everything, and there's the fourth one, and then Eris was just like, it's interesting you guys, you know, worship this mountain, you have a whole thing about it, but no one's ever looked in it. Like, there's something in that mountain. Mm-hmm. And I want to know what it is. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting i cannot wait for the next one but i understand she has a lot going on so it's just like okay that, no no like excuse it. write the book just, just, i'm gonna be unreasonable just, write the book just, just write the book you don't get any sleep <laughs> no sleep for you no sleep no food no water no i'm kidding i'm kidding but you know Oh, did you, okay, so we talked about, like, the main books. Did you read that little, like, slice of life book novella thing in between? 
Um, the one that was like from the winter solstice? Yeah. Yes, that one was just so sweet. That one was just really good emotional relief. Cause it's like all this is going on, but here we have a little bit of just um, soul relief. Yeah. Like little slice of life. Plus we got different um, points of view. Like we got a little bit of Moore's point of view. And I have a feeling like once we get into her shit a little bit more, it's, I, I'm very interested to see like more of her dynamic with everything. Cause Reese said that like, she's the one that he sends in when everyone else is dead. And I want to know more about that. Right? Right? I'm also, um, I also want to see what happens with, um, Feyre's pregnancy. Well, she had, she had the baby. That's right. She had the baby. And that whole thing actually annoyed the ever-loving shit out of me. It has been a while since I've read the books. It's been almost a year since I've read the books. Yeah, no, that was the whole thing because Reese and Feyre decided that they made a bargain to die together and they're like all powerful Fey. They're immortal. They can heal everything, but somehow they can't figure out how to have a C-section. Like that whole thing honestly pissed me off. That's right, that's right, that's right. It has been so long since I read those books. It's fine. Yeah, like I said, I read them a couple times. So I, uh, and, and I remember it pissing me off. So like that, that whole thing. Just, I, I, mm. So, I, no, they, they, they figured it out eventually. Well, Nesta had to make a bargain with the cauldron and gave up, like, 95% of her power to save Favor and the baby. Like, what kind of healer, healer people are you that can't figure out how to do a C-section? Magic ones. I, no, it didn't make sense. Of all the things that Sarah J. Mass has written and this amazing world she created, that made no sense. I mean, at one point you also have um, Nesta. You have a showing Nesta that she's being selfless and you see that character growth, so it is slightly necessary. No, no, but no. You also... No, no, sorry. Continue. Continue. Um, it also decreases some of Nesta's power, so she just isn't like a married Sue and just coming out and just like destroying everyone. Because you already have Amran who decreased her powers, so you don't need another Amran on top of that. Like, I understand from a storytelling point of view, like, having to get Nesta to that point. I just think that she could have chosen a different way to get there. Fair enough. Fair enough. Plus, like, the book came out right when the Supreme Court did their whole bullshit with women's rights. So it just, like, my my personal, like, thing about it just, it irritated the ever-loving shit out of me. But we're not talking about that. We're not going to talk about that. <laughs> that's, that's for a whole another topic that is like greater than the 18 plus that, that's, that's, that's like, a different podcast that's not meant for this that's a um rated x podcast where you have to like that's for the next falcons plus podcast. Oh. yeah but that like but that's i mean that also goes to show that like personal experiences and personal things definitely influences enjoyment of a book fair enough fair well, enough i think that's the most delicate way i can put that uh, oh but it is a fan freaking tastic series and regardless of that one stupid plot detail um it is so worth a read or five. Oh, for sure for sure it's going to be so interesting to see where it comes through or what happens next. I, I can't wait. I can't wait. I really cannot wait. I know I've said that like five times already, but you know. I, I the need... hype is real. Huh? The hype is real. The hype is real. And there's just there's so many different ways things could go. So like, I, I want to I know. All the theories are going to come out. It's fine. Um, I I would say I'm a little bit um, used to waiting because um, one Kingdom Hearts because those games always come out like within like ten years of each other. Uh-huh. Um, you have the World Ends with You, which is a game franchise that I found out in high school, and then they did have a second game to like 
15 years later, I'm just like, I'm holding my breath, but I never thought we would get here. And then there's also um, Legend of Zelda that's coming out, so it's just like, oh boy. Oh boy. I, oh boy. I tend to wait to read a book or series until, like, I know enough have come out that, like, I don't have to wait for the next one. And I think it's, like, a little bit of PTSD from reading Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time series. And, like, he died before he was able to finish the last book. And, like, they, they hired, you know, Brandon Sanderson to, to finish the series. But, like, there was so many notes and so much information that he couldn't do it in one book. So he wrote another three, which I still haven't been able to bring myself to read because it's not Robert Jordan's words, if that makes sense. It does, it does. It's what a writer has a certain way of writing that cannot be um copied. Yeah. No matter how close you could get, it's still not the same. Yeah. And like it's nothing against Brandon Sanderson. Like when I actually um I read, you know, the article that they had hired him to do it, I bought a couple of his books just to see like what's your writing style? Like how what are, what are your stories all about? And I enjoyed his books. Like, nothing against him at all. I just, I, I was mentally prepared for a final book. And now there's three. And they're like a thousand pages each. That, that is definitely a three-parter to the final book. But like, and Brandon Sanderson has said, like, he was contracted. He was paid for one book. So he didn't, like, try to milk it. He just had so much information thrown at him, and it was just like, I this I can't wrap this up in any less words. And I yeah, can't bring I, myself to read them. <laughs> I feel like 3,000 pages at that point, you're making a textbook. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, I'm getting off topic. But, um... But I yeah. just get off topic? Never! <laughs> If you're familiar with the Falcons Family Podcast, you know that my brain does not stay in a linear path. I am also just a regular caffeine gremlin, so, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I just go with whatever my brain cell, my singular brain cell, is doing at the moment. Whatever one... the other brain cells that are overloaded with knowledge, it's okay. That one brain cell is hanging on for sanity with dear life. For sure. The red, red brain cell just, like, swaps out with other brain cells that just are, um, get, um, well-rested and just tag out. Oh. It's okay. We're functioning with one brain cell with, uh, um, copious amounts of coffee. <laughs> oh, and but we, uh... Oh, I'm sorry. I say as I've already finished my cup of coffee. Yeah, I still have a little bit of my tea left. But I was gonna say we um we have fulfilled the hour of our of our podcast unless there's something else you would like to to mention about the story. I think we covered most of it because there is so much, but dear God, I still cannot wait. <laughs> like probably... I am patiently, I all my years of like being a video game nerd and waiting for series to drops for series drops and everything in between has trained me for this one moment to sit and wait patiently for Sarah J Mass to finish her masterpiece. I think as soon as the series ends, I am drinking a whole bottle of wine because I'm probably going to need it. I think my biggest problem is that we don't even have a release date yet. Like, we don't know. There's not, like, a date where we can say, oh, this is when it's coming out. Soon? Um... She's working on Crescent City 3, so that's coming out end of 2023, and Akatar's book 5 will come out in 2024. We have to wait a whole year. But at least we'll get Crescent City in the meantime. No, that is true, because then I'll be able to finish book 2, and then read book 3. So, I'm not going to be mad. That might be a roller coaster ride. That I can already tell. If um, it's anything like um, Crescent City 1, that is going to be a whole roller coaster ride. Like, I'm talking about stockpile at tissues. Because uh, uh, your eyes are going to be leaking tears. Like, like someone's going to be cutting endless onions. Your <laughs> eyes are going to continue working. You can at least say your tear ducts work correctly. Yeah. 
Yeah, if, if you have sinus issues and you need to clear them, read that book, it'll be fine. Much, pretty much. Oh, uh, but thank you guys so much for hanging out with us and listening to us chat about books. Um, we're, we're having way too much fun with this. I don't know about you, but I'm having, like, the time of my life. It's so much fun just to come and just, like, talk about books and be able to, like, read books. Which is just like, oh, cool. I get to actually do something to read books. Like, I get to read books and then talk about them. And it feels like a job, but is it a job? It feels good. It feels good. <laughs> it's giving me an excuse to, like, say, no, I can't do that right now. I have to read. I, like, I have to. Air quotes. I have to do this. But, like, I want to do it. Those I'm allowed to. <laughs> Those are the exact words I was trying to find. I am not good with um, words, even though how much I read. It, I am not good with words. See, that's the problem. Because, like, I know the words, but, like, brain-to-mouth malfunctions happen, and they don't come out. I really understand that sometimes um, I open my mouth and my plate goes in instead of words coming out. Oh, yes. All the time. Instru instructions not clear. <laughs> oh, but you guys are epic. Next episode, we're going to be talking about King of Battle and Blood. This is a crazy thing that Z made me read, and I'm glad she did. So we're going to get into that next time. Um, but we are found everywhere podcasts are, are heard. Apple Music, Spotify, YouTube, all the places. Hit the likes, hit the subscribes, all the comments. Tell us what you want to hear about, and uh, we, will, we will try to accommodate. Yes, tell us any book recommendations, because I don't know about y'all, but I super love getting new book recommendations. Like, one of the reasons why that I found King of Battle and Blood was actually because of um, Book Talk. Oh! And I was just like, which one of these can I pull up on my phone so I don't have to wait because I want something new to read? I accidentally found it, I forgot who posted it, but whoever you are, thank you! <laughs> yeah, Book Talk has definitely introduced me to a whole world. Of, of new literature out there. So. But leave your recommendations below if you have any for us or have something that you want us to talk about. You guys are awesome. Thanks again, and we will see you next time. Bye!